You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Did you know that 2020 blackout was predicted by the spirit world and after major blackout, we'll be having major awakening, so the whole world will be realizing everything differently, and we will go through major awakening. So my guest today is Shaman Durek, who is sixth generation shaman, author of the bestseller Spirit Hacking, Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World. Durek's incredible work has been recognized globally by prominent mainstream publications such as New York Times, LA Times, Elle, People's Magazine, and more. He has made an appearance on Netflix, Clean Empire, on CBS The Doctor's Show, where they profile his expertise in helping people deal with emotional and mental challenges that affect their physical well-being and in helping people tap into their personal power and unblocking any negative patterns that keep them from reaching optimal human performance. So in this episode, Shaman Durek and I will be discussing so many great things. We'll be talking about 2020 Blackout and his amazing and transforming book, The Spirit Hacking. Also, we'll be talking about how to eliminate the fear how to overcome obstacles to find love, how to live your authentic life, how to achieve inner peace and happiness, and how to heal after past traumas and abuse, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi there, how are you? Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being my guest and you being such a unique person with unique talent. We would love to learn more about you. So would you please tell our listeners about yourself, your career? Yes. So what part would you like, what would you like to know um, about me as a shaman? Yes, definitely. Because this is very 
new maybe for some people who don't even know what it is i mean i personally know because you know i love all the spiritual things and i'm i'm kind of into it but you know many people might not even know what it is and they might have even different perception of it so of course we would love to learn more Absolutely. So um, I'm a sixth generation shaman. Shamanism is about creating a relationship with uh, the authenticity of, of life, of the connection between people, animals, nature, uh, your community, your body, the food you eat, your ancestors, and the way in which you conduct your life is to be held in an honor that the more you are actually creating change for yourself, you are actually creating change for the planet. So the idea is not to use fear or lack of limitation or scarcity or beating up on yourself in order to create change, but you are actually using love and kindness and generosity and softness and being, being a nurturer to yourself. And the more you nurture yourself, the more you nurture humanity because we are all a part of each other. So what I do in the world affects the man in India or the woman in Russia. And so what we have to understand is that shamanism is about creating an understanding of community based on anthropology, sociology, understanding um, mental health, understanding human ecology, and really creating a systemic relationship to each other that takes away the hierarchy of life and allows us to be collectively resourcing as a, a beautiful planet that, sh that shares knowledge and information so that we can thrive in our species. That's amazing. And, you know, so many people might think shaman is like knowing how to deal with different herbs and just doing some spells. But it's totally wrong because you're really uh, kind of showing us that it's different example and you're very inspiring everything uh, you do. You're so sweet. <laughs> Well, you know, there are aspects of spells that we do, but it's only if it's necessary. And there's aspects that we do with herbs if it's necessary. It's not the core of shamanism. Shamanism is the core of shamanism is relationship. And so when we look at a lot of what Hollywood has done in really um, warping the, the way that shamans are being portrayed in the world. People think that shamanism is all about ayahuasca and plant medicine, and they only think the only shamans that exist are the ones in Peru. My family comes from Africa. There are shamans in, in, in Mongolia. There are shamans, Russian shamans. There are shamans in, in uh, the Sami people and the Nordic people and the Thai people and the Indonesian people and the Native American people. There are shamans in every culture and every walk of life. And they were the ones who created the rich foundations that we see today in medicine and psychology and the way that we conduct ourselves. And so a lot of the things when people think about, oh, a doctor and they go, oh, well, doctors are doctors, but doctors didn't become who they are if it wasn't for the shaman who was starting the process of learning how to understand the plants and understand nature and understand the different combinations of plants that would deal with pain or deal with, you know, uh, sickness and pathogens and disease and, and illness and be able to find the symptoms. And so the shamans were the, the ones in the beginning, and then they turned into the alchemists and then they turned into the physicians. And so 
we have to really give a lot of respect to the indigenous cultures and to the people who are holding that level of consciousness for the planet still because if we didn't have shamanism on planet earth people would not be able to get back to themselves because face it you live on a planet that makes you betray yourself you start as children you 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 come into this world you're told to follow the rules you're told that if you don't follow the rules you're not going to be loved or you're going to get in trouble or you're not going to be able to pay bills or you're not going to be able to do any of these things so you don't really search yourself you don't really find who you are you end up finding what people want you to be and that's the self betrayal and that self betrayal causes pain and chaos in our world and that's why so many relationships don't go well that's why businesses are corrupt that's why people are doing things that are against each other because they're self-betraying themselves so of course they're going to betray you so the key element is shamanism is about course correcting those energies helping people find out why those things started and how to heal them not spending 50 or 60 years in in healing but an hour here two hours there and then you enjoy the rest of your life and it's not that difficult to shift trauma or pain or mental health issues or suicide or you name it back into a place of harmony balance and homeostasis and how we operate as human beings but because the world is built to make you believe that your way of doing anything can only be solved through alcohol and drugs and being in in a, in a and sitting in a psychiatrist chair for like 50 60 years and putting you on medication and all of this type of stuff it's only there to dull you down and make you a slave this world is our world and we get to take it back from the hands of power that used it to manipulate us to make us feel small and tell us that our creator would destroy us our creator would send us to hell if we don't follow the rules and use fear which is a virus as a tactic to manipulate our minds and to and to basically you know to 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 blind us from the possibility of what we can become and what we truly are i love that you explained all this because like so many people think here that shaman is just like going doing ayahuasca and that's all but there's way more about this and it's a whole like new totally new study i mean science about it i mean a lot of, it's been around i mean before before there was anything that you see in science the difference is is that there was a point in evolution where science decided to move away from the the connection of the heart and start putting all the attention on the mind. So when they did that, they started to create all their theories and practices based on the brain being the function that that controls the body, but it's not possible because the brain is a polarity organ. That means that whatever the brain takes in, the brain's main function is to keep things functioning and to fix things that are not functioning. That's it. So when people make decisions from their brain, they have to realize that the only way they're getting the decisions made clearly is based on the things that they've learned. So if you haven't learned certain things, you don't have the certain mindset to be able to understand how to overcome certain situations. So then you become emotionally upset. Your brain cannot function when your emotions are in disarray because your brain can't find the answer to solving the problem. The heart which is not a polarity organ 
is a quantum organ. That means your heart is just as much as powerful as your brain and even more powerful because the, your brain and your heart have neurites and the neurites in your brain are the same in your heart. That means your heart is thinking just as much as your brain is thinking. The only difference is your brain thinks based on what you learned and what you gathered through reading, through school, through friends, through movies, through television, through whatever. And then it's based in duality. So it bases it based on right and wrong of what you were taught subjectively in your families or your religious beliefs or your spiritual beliefs of what you believe is right and wrong. Whereas your heart is quantum. So it doesn't have a polarity to it. That means that it sees what's right for you, for you to be happy, for you to feel fulfilled, for you to have bliss, for you to have joy, for you to have prosperity, for you to be in the most beautiful place in your life. And that's the difference between your brain and your heart was your brain just wants to fix everything. Your heart wants to be able to give you the best life ever. Wow, I never knew this, but I, I know like sometimes we make decisions based on our heart. Sometimes we do based on our brain. And, you know, sometimes we make based on our heart. And those are not the right decisions because, you know, we get our feelings involved. But it's but that's not your heart. If your feelings are involved, oh. that's not your heart. That's oh. your emotions. There's a big oh. difference. Because a lot of times people say, oh, I trusted my heart and I got hurt. No, you didn't trust your heart. If you asked your heart, is this person the right person for you? Your heart knows what's best for you. So it would say no. But it's your emotions, your agenda, your ego, your need to be right, your need to get what you want, your need to bypass your spiritual evolution to get what you want. The reason why people suffer is because they don't want to have that connection with themselves. So like you said, if you trust your heart, you get hurt. No, your heart. If I say to my heart, heart, should I go live in Kazakhstan? My heart goes, no. Okay. Heart, why should I not live in Kazakhstan? because the weather won't be suitable to you. Heart, will I get along with the people there? Absolutely, you can get along with anyone everywhere. Heart, what is the best place for me to live? Any place that's warm and inviting with a social atmosphere that allows me to be able to be close to nature. It's very clear, it tells me exactly what I need if I'm willing to listen to it. But if I go to my brain and go brain, um, so what sh where should I be? The brain will go, uh, um, well, you know, based on what you read about this and what you what you got from that magazine that they were talking about some of the top 10 places are the best place to live. It pulls from that informational uh, 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 knowledge, not from the soul knowledge. That's a big difference when you want to meet your soulmate. That's a big difference when you want to be prosperous. That's a big difference when you want to have optimized health, because if you're pulling from your brain, depending upon what you you fed your brain, that's all where it can pull its knowledge from. But your heart is universal. So it has the knowledge of all the universe inside of it, waiting for you to tap in to the place of the most high place for you. And that's where we need to get back to. And that's what shamans are here to teach people. So when people take ayahuasca or ibogaine or any of these things, the medicine is there to release you from your mind and get you back into your heart. But again, because I also work with a lot of doctors and neuroscientists, 
I will say ayahuasca is not for everyone. There's certain contraindications that can affect people's health that is not meant for them to take. And that's why it's important for you to really see a physician and, and, and check in your body's health. To, if you're going to venture into plant medicine, make sure that the shaman who's doing the plant medicine is one who's been doing it for at least 20 years or 15 years. So you know that you're in good hands. You don't want to go to someone who just went to Peru for a weekend and all of a sudden came back and all of a sudden wants to run an ayahuasca ceremony out of their, out of their flat. That's not how you connect with plant medicine. You need to go through the dieta. You need to go through seeing if your body can handle it so that you can move into it in a graceful way that supports your neurological system and also supports your endocrine system. Wow, this is very interesting. I know so many people just do it for the sake of it because it's kind of like trendy, you know, but I'm yeah. glad you explained all the details. And how did you recognize your calling? How did you become shaman? I mean, I know you had so many generations, but personally to you, how did you recognize it? Well, you know, in my family, it runs back far in my family. And my powers got strong when I was about five years old. And I started to see things, started to hear things, started to feel things, started to know things. And at that point, as you get a little bit older, I was like about nine, 10 years old. I realized that I was different than other people. Not that I was different like I was better than other people, because I don't believe in hierarchy, but more in the sense that other people have been lied to about who they are and what they can become, that they fall in line with whatever their parents tell them or their guardians or their authority figures. And they go into a school system that manipulates them, like a, like treats them like um how do you say, like domestication. Uh, parents start treating their kids domesticatedly in the way that they would train an animal. If you do this, you get rewarded. If you don't do this, you get in trouble. This is how we train animals to obey us. And when you do that, you actually dull down the neurological system from its discovery, from its joy points, from its ability to, to sense and experience this world. So, you, so what happens is you take a child who perhaps wanted to play the piano or maybe wanted to be a singer or maybe wanted to dance or maybe wanted to do art or maybe wanted to do whatever it may be. You've taken their chances away from them exploring all of these different uh, things that they could have become because you've made rules that justify what is valuable in this world and what isn't valuable. And, and parents and authority figures and the system has no right to tell you what's valuable and what's not valuable. No one has a right to tell you if God's going to love you or God's not going to love you. And no one has the right to tell you if you're going to go to heaven or if you're going to go to hell. Like the, 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 this type of blasphemy, this type of, of complete abuse against society and people has been the thing that I witnessed when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I asked myself, do I want to fall into this sleep that everyone else is in? When I talk to my friends and they tell me, things. And I say, but you have the answers to these problems. And they're like, no, I don't. I'm like, oh my God, you've been programmed so much. You forgot your own intuition. You don't even know when you, you don't even know how to communicate to your family members on the other side. You don't talk to the trees. Are you, what happened to that little child who had imagination, who wanted to explore? Now you're becoming so serious and so this and so that. So for me, I knew it was a calling to accept because I knew that I said to spirit, if I can become this, how will I be able to change the world? And the spirit said, not only will you change the world, 
you'll be able to walk in circles that people have never thought they could ever walk in. And you'll meet the most powerful people in the world who you'll be able to create change in their life that helps them change the world by their behaviors and how they interact with people and so forth. So I knew the journey was going to be a long journey. And there are times where I got, I walked away from it and decided, no, I don't know if I can do this. This is too difficult for me and my training with my family. And, you know, and so I decided to go become a model and I got picked up for modeling and started doing, uh, uh, working as a VJ at MTV and became a choreographer and started working for P Diddy and started working for all these different people. And then I woke up one day and I was on a modeling and uh, doing modeling for open a fashion week, Paris. And I just was backstage with all the models. And I remember it was always about starving myself and making myself look super skinny so I could fit all the clothes for the fashion week for men's fashion week in Milan and Paris. And, and I was just so unhappy. And I was just like, what am I doing? I was given this amazing gift that I have. And every time I would be at these parties with uh, Kate Moss and Naomi and all these people, they would always say to me, oh, you're the spiritual guy. You're the spiritual model. Can you tell me what the spirits say? Can you help me with this thing? Can you take a look at this boyfriend for me? Can I show you his picture? And can you tell me what he's up to? You know, and I was like, what am I doing? This is who I am. So I walked away from it. I walked away from all of it. And I went back to finish my training and became Shaman Durek. Wow, that's wonderful. And basically, you can look at someone's picture or you can look at someone and you can tell like their destiny or like you can tell a lot about them. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I can. Yes, of course. <laughs> wow, that's very interesting. And I know you also written an amazing book, which is transformational. And there is so much in it. And it's about masculine and feminine energies. And just all these transformations. Can you please tell us more about it? Yeah, so I was, uh, I were I only wrote one book before it was called Uyanash. It wasn't I wrote it in Turkish, because it was for the Turkish people it took me two years because I had to learn to speak Turkish to be able to write the book. And I never thought again, I would ever write a book because I'm not a person like I, I have all these different friends who are in that world who write books like my Deepak and all these different people. And they write book after book, Dr. Joe Dispenza, all of them, they just write book after book after book. And it's not really my thing. And then one day I was meditating and spirit came to me and said, you need to get another book. Uh, you have to write another book and you only have a short amount of time to do it. And I said, why? They said, because there's a plague coming. There's racial issues coming. There's issues with men and women. There's all these different different things coming and you need to prepare people how to navigate this dark time that's coming up that's going to fall upon the earth as so you want me to write a book telling people that everyone's going to be locked down and there's going to be this big blackout and that racial issues are going to uh, go to all high tension and and I got to talk about all these different things in the book and show people how to navigate it and they're like yeah I'm like okay um all right well let me think about that and so I, you know, I was like, okay, so what do you want me to call it? And they said, you know, the message I got was blackout 2020. Are you ready? And I went to my publisher and my publisher goes, absolutely not. We cannot print that book. No one's going to buy that book. It could be racially tensioned. Just the word blackout could mean like blackout and people might get annoyed by that. And then you're talking about 2020, like this is this optune year that something, the blackout's going to happen in. And like, what if it doesn't happen? And then it makes, it ruins your whole career. And I was like, fine. So I went to spend time with my friend, Dave Asprey. 
up at his place in Canada and he's a biohacker and he's like, you're, he goes, Derek, he goes, look, he goes, I'm the biohacker. You've always been the spirit hacker. You don't have to call your book blackout 2020, call it spirit hacking. And I was like, spirit hacking. That's right. That's what I'm going to call it. And so I went back to my publisher and I was like, I'm going to call it spirit hacking. And they're like, great. And so at the moment um, we put, we, we put the first copy was the demo copy all these countries bought it. So it was like Norway, Denmark, uh, Sweden, Lund England, Russia, um, Portugal, Spain, Africa, Australia, Canada, like all these people purchased my book. And it just, it just, it, it, and I wasn't even finished writing it. And then by the time I only had three months to write it. So I checked into my friend's hotel in New York and I just stayed in my in my room and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and called my friend Danny who's a friend of mine to help me because I have dyslexia so I needed help to formulate my words and everything in the right way so I can get it done in three months because usually you have like a year or six months eight months to write a book and uh it, it takes a lot to write a book and so I wrote it in three months and I had to take out a lot because the book was so big we had wrote so much and they, they, they thought that too much of it was too much for people to handle. So, you know, I talked about uh, vaccinations. I talked about all the things that were going to take place on our planet. And my publisher was like, no, that's too much for them. Let's focus on the blackout. Let's focus on the racial issues. Let's focus on how they're going to get their power, how the people are going to stay in power, how they're going to work through their emotions. And so we, we, we went and revised the book. We had one more month to revise the book. And I told him, I said, I think you're making a big mistake because all these things are going to happen. And when it happens, you're going to call me on the phone and be like, I wish we would have went with your original idea. I said, but that's okay. I understand you're the publisher, McMillan. So let me uh, go ahead and put this book out. And so I got it out. It came out right before 2020. Everyone thought I was crazy with the things that I was saying in the book. They didn't understand it. And then when 2020 hit, the book flew off the shelf and everyone was like, oh my God. I now understand what you're talking about. Everything that you're talking about is exactly what's happening on the planet right now. And it gave so many people tools and abilities to move through this dark time that's not even close to being over, that is helping people so much on the planet. And I've gotten letters from people who have survived so much depression. I've gotten letters from relationships that stayed together because of reading the book. I have letters from people who didn't get involved in the racial tensions in America. I have letters from all over the world. I have people in Philippines and Dubai and Kazakhstan, all over the place, you know, reading this book. And so it's been really nice to share that with people because for me, it's books aren't about making money. You don't make money by writing a book. So if anyone has an idea that you're going to become wealthy by writing a book, you don't become wealthy by writing a book. What you do is it the book gives you a, a signature of respect amongst uh, a certain community. And because my book was more mainstream, less uh, kitschy or woo-woo, and it was a mainstream, I was the first shaman to write in mainstream publishing. And because of that, I got to, uh, to be on a TV show called The Doctors, where I had a reoccurring role. And I, I was the first one they've ever chosen in the history of television. I was on, I became a, a regular on, on big hit TV shows. That is what built a lot of people knowing more about, you know, what I'm doing in the world. But before all of that, 
I used to spend a lot of my time going to countries that were in war and doing mediation, being in Palestine, in Israel, in Turkey, um, and wherever, where ISIS was, and in Gaza and Tep, wherever there was conflict in the world, I would be front center talking to the world leaders, talking to the people, how are we going to fix this planet? I would go to Iceland and meet with the first lady president, meet with the house of parliament, sit down and have meetings with them. So this was all before writing the book. So I already had a following of people who were into what I was doing, um, who knew about me. And, and then with the mainstream part, it started bringing a lot of the other people who are more in the mainstream world, um, you know, who watch TV and do all these other things, not the people who are out there really in the world doing the work who knew about me and the Global Peace Prize winners and things like that, who knew the stuff that I was, the groundwork that I was doing in different countries it started becoming more mainstream. So I would actually, people were like, oh my God, I would walk down the street and people were like, oh my God, you're Shaman Durek. I read your book. I'm one of your biggest fans. I love your podcast. I love what you do on television. And so, so it, it really opened up a doorway, not for me, as I would say, a hundred percent. Like for me, my, anytime I gain success in life, it is for the people so that other healers and other biohackers and other wellness leaders have an easier pathway to where they need to get to in mainstream society than it was for me as a man of color who had to go through a lot of red tape just to get heard or be seen or be appreciated for what was coming out in the early 90s and um, into where we are today. So the, the, the groundwork was a, a, a very uh, lofty task. I'm glad the book came out. It's, it's helping a lot of people and I get letters from all over the world. And, and for me, what makes me happy is knowing that someone has that book and they can refer to it to be in their power. And that means the most to me more than anything. This is incredible. And I've shared this before on my podcast, but in 2020, like 2019 to go into New Year's 2020, I was on vacation in Jamaica and I had a weird feeling like I have strong intuition and I couldn't explain that to anyone. But I was telling to my friends and family at that time and I was like, I'm feeling like I'm not in reality. I'm watching the world from the side and I have this fear for the whole world, but I'm not sure what it is. I was like, I don't know what it is. Like, why am I seeing this? Is this anxiety or whatever? But this is so weird. And two months later, we, I mean, we came home from vacation. Two months later, pandemic started. I was like, oh my God, no wonder why I had this fear for the whole world. And it wasn't just about fear for me, for some situation or something. It was just like for a whole planet. And I was like, it was so weird. I couldn't explain it, but it's happened. And then finally, like I got my answer. So basically you knew what's going on as well. Like you knew that's all coming too, right? Yeah, I knew because the spirits told me and they told me how long it was going to last. And they told me what to prepare my family for and what to prepare my friends for. So I called all my friends and I told my family, the world's going to get shut down. We're going to be locked in our homes. I wrote about it in the book called The Blackout in my book. And uh, we need to prepare ourselves, you know, for... What this is just the beginning that I talk about it in my book, Don't Trust Your Government, because the governments of the world want to test us to see how we handle um, crises for the purpose of putting more, uh, having more power over us and using more uh, divisive ways to keep us in what I call a state of panic. And so if the, we, let's say, for instance, the whole world was to say, you know what, we're not taking that vaccine. Let's just say, okay. 
they would go, oh, they're not accepting the vaccine. Okay, we didn't get that. We didn't get them that to do that. Let's see what else we can get them to do. So they, they, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're quantum programming. And what we call what we see in that is that, and they've been doing this since the, like, since way back, if you uh, talk about it in my book, um, since the time of Caesar, where Caesar said, give them the arena and give them cheap food and they'll never know what the Republic does. And the consciousness is to keep people so riled up in fear and lack and war and this and that so they can continue to do all of these very corrupt things. And, and so what's going to happen on this planet is a lot of people are going to have a rude awakening. They're going to wake up and realize they've been lied to. They're going to wake up and realize that they have to start becoming more wiser and much more do more due diligence on how they're living their life based on the truth they hear from the news versus what they hear um, from other people. They have to start building their intuition and connecting with the truth inside of them, not from what the news says, not from what some celebrity stands up and speaks about, but from themselves. We have become a codependent nation. Uh, people who operate on the idea of needing accolades and validation to be accepted. That's what social media does. We have been, uh, we've been manipulated by media to believe things that we don't really need to believe. We have uh, people, uh, big companies buying up information on, 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 uh, on the internet and erasing our history and put and writing in what they want us to believe about history. So we've got to, as human beings, the, the great thing I love about this whole situation that has happened is that it's given us a lot of isolation time and isolation builds stronger intuition. We call it the hermit's um, blessing. And it gives you a great deal of intuition and it gives you a great deal of being able to look for truth. And it also makes you much more creative and it makes you think differently. And so right now people are still in shock and they're still going through the, the, the how do we say, the, the traumatic stresses that they've gone through through this whole pandemic. And what's gonna happen in after next year towards the end of the year when that slows down, um, then people are going to go through an awakening. And so by the end of next year, the awakening will begin and it will last for six to five years. And that awakening is going to change the lives of people forever because they're going to start thinking independently instead of codependently. And that's going to change the conversation. That's going to change film. That's going to change television. That's going to change how what people accept in their way that they buy and shop. That's going to change the way that they choose to get involved with the things they hear and what they don't hear. People are not going to be listening to people on Instagram who only talk at them. They're going to want people who really engage with them because they're going to look for authenticity at a higher level. And I think that's a wonderful thing that the spirits have shared with me. And I'm really looking forward to it. Wow, this is very interesting. And do you think it will last long, like pandemic and all this? So you think it will last till like end of this next year, this year? End of next year, they told me. Oh, and I know many layers are being unfolded right now and some truth is coming out. So many people are going through, kind of started going through awakening already because I hear different people telling that. And I know so many politicians and all of this is coming out like so much truth is coming out. But, you know, so many people don't know if they should believe it or not. And of course, so many people are 
anti-vaccine or vaccine, whatever, but it's their opinions. But, you know, because there is scientific way about this and there is spiritual way about this. So it's like so many people are confused right now. Well, I mean, the thing is, look, here's the deal, right? Anything we put into our body that we have to be mindful of. It's not for someone to tell you what to do. I don't care what people choose to do. If people choose to get vaccinated, that's a choice. If they don't want to get vaccinated, that's their choice. What I do have a, a, a discrepancy about is how companies and bars and, uh, and people are utilizing their power to influence intention to, to guide people to where they want them to be. Let people have their own minds, I say. Because the thing is, is that the more we begin to take away the voices of the people, the more we take away everything else that comes along with that. You know, some of the greatest artists, musicians, painters, sculptors, poets, playwrights, um, you know, uh, everything you can imagine that has shaped a, a, the, the beauty of our world in its most uh, beautiful ways, from opera to classical music, to you name it, came from people who needed to be able to express themselves. You take away human beings' expression and you begin to tell them how to think, how to feel. That actually limits humanity and actually sets us back into more of a slave-based consciousness. And now it's not slavery anymore where you're locking people in cages. You're actually enslaving the mind of people from seeing their potential and the expression that they are here to bring that God has created them to bring. And so we really have to learn a certain level of tolerance and compassion and acceptance for people just because people don't do what we do. We don't have the right to have an opinion about it if it doesn't support the global community. I think everyone can say and open their mouth about something, but focus on you. If that's what you wanna do, then do you, but don't get mad at other people or treat other people with disrespect or put billboards up in cities that say, well, you know, uh, if you want, you can get this if you get vaccinated or bars putting signs up saying, if you get vaccinated, two shots on us, you know, like all these different things. and. You know, it's just, it's not okay. And the cancel culture of humanity is so Neanderthal and so disconnected from reality. And in order for us to really be able to move into a new understanding, a new plateau of thinking, where we create new systems that have never been created before, where we begin to forge a new conversation as global citizenry of earth, we have to let go of the old paradigm, the old model of fear, uh, fear mongering to, the, to, 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 um, to, to influence the mob does not work in the way that it should because all it does is create more war, more destruction and more chaos. And, and at some point on our planet, and I, and I say this with, with, with earnest heart, at some point on our planet, we have to make a decision to stop fighting each other and stop having war on such a beautiful paradise of a planet that we're destroying because we wanna be right, righteous, and we wanna have pride. These things need to come down, and these are the things that I live for to bring down. Even if it even costs me my life, I will stand for injustice, I will stand for equality, I will stand for women's rights, I will stand for gay rights. I will stand for anything that is about creating a new conversation, a new intellect of how we operate. I, 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 I don't stand by people 
uh, dominating over people and uh, using fear to dominate people and, and, and using the idea that they won't be liked in love to dominate people. It is absolutely disgusting. It's vile. And it's a, it's a sickness that lives in people who feel they have to do that, truly. It's such a great point. And you mentioned fear. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Like, what do you think of fear and how do you eliminate it? Fear is basically information, distorted information. So like, for instance, let's pull up something you fear right now. And tell me when you have it. Oh, my God. You know, I've had, I was going through a tough time and I had a lot of stress lately. So I, pull it I, used, to tra- I used to travel a lot and now like, I'm afraid <laughs> to fly because um, when I'm on the plane, I feel like I'm stuck and I can't get out. <laughs> But okay. I, I used to fly so many times. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay, so that's your fear. Now say, download wisdom into my body. Go ahead. Say it out loud. Download, download wisdom, wisdom into, my body into my body. Of the truth. Of the truth. To dispel this fear. To dispel this fear. At 50,000. At 50,000. Mm-hmm. And tell me when you start feeling that fear going away. I don't know. I just felt like something, um, you know, some kind of excitement. (laughs) Yeah. You felt that? Yeah. So it's already shifting your neurological system, creating neuroplasticity and changing and redirecting the way your synapses are firing off and releasing chemicals in your body that generate fear. Just by you calling Mm -hmm. in wisdom and truth into your body Anything that is creating the lie that generates fear is being dismantled and released. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. This It's a very interesting concept. Most people don't know that because you're not taught this. You should have been taught this since you were a kid in school. We don't have... Uh, schools that are teaching emotional intelligence and the awareness of what is facts and what is false. You see, a lot of human beings don't realize that fear is based on false perceptions or false ideas of the unknown without having information or wisdom to back it up or facts to bring it into full view. So therefore, human beings operate on speculation and assumption and generate unnecessary fear and reaction to things that they don't have to. And it's literally a waste of life energy and it creates high levels of inflammation. It imbalances your neurological system and causes cell deterioration. And I don't understand why people think that's a good thing when it actually invites more free radicals more pathogens, more viruses, more bacteria, and makes your immune system susceptible to pathogens that cause illness and sickness and disease and a whole myriad of other things that can be occurring because of it. So why do we allow fear to to do these things? Because we don't understand what fear is. And when I say fear is defragmented information, it means information that has no facts, it has no backing, It has no truth to it, but it is based on speculation and assumption. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Even like, you know, when you talk to therapists, sometimes they say, okay, you're afraid of this. Well, such and such, go into it and start really explaining to yourself, like, is this a fact? No, it's not a fact. So why are you afraid of it? Like they even work kind of like, you know, the same concept. And Also, how do you deal with traumas and how do you work through your past traumas? So, you know, I look at trauma very differently than most people look at trauma. I use trauma as an opportunity to see how I can serve humanity better. 
So when I was getting beat as a child from my father, instead of me being upset about it, I said, thank you. Because I realized that this sickness that was in him, that was done to him by my grandparents, was being passed on to me. And I had a choice to either be a victim to it or utilize its knowledge to be able to support people who are going through abuse and to lift myself out of that abuse and into a place of, oh, I need to bring more love to the world. I need to bring more wisdom. I need to bring more grace. I need to bring more generosity. I need to bring more kindness out of the suffering that I have gone through. And this is why I love a lot of people like Nelson Mandela and, and, and Dr. Martin Luther King, because they believe that the degree of, of adversity, the degree of trauma is only generated by one continuously seeing themselves as a victim. I was raised in a family to always see myself in a way, even though I was going through abuse at different times, I still was able to rise out of that abuse and look at it from a perspective of how humanity has been behaving and realize that I didn't come to earth for a, voca for a vacation. I came to earth to be able to take on the suffering, the pain, the hurt, the darkness and transmute it back into love. So as a being of light, I don't, being of light don't just want to hang out in the light. Beings of light go to the dark spaces to shine that light. Because you cannot see the light in the light of light. You can only see the light when you're in the darkness. And so I, I, I get enjoyed uh, a perspective of going into the darkest, deepest depravities of human consciousness and emotion and abuse and, and, and trauma and being able to realize that people keep self-generating trauma by thinking about it over and over and over. They don't realize that your mind has the ability to travel like a time machine and your mind and your body do not know the difference between what is this and what is here because you know, what is there and what is here. It literally, if someone is sitting on a mountain, for instance, and they're meditating and looking at the world and its beauty, but the mind is thinking about a painful memory that was traumatic for them, they're just reliving the trauma. The cells in the body are reliving the trauma. The organs of the body are reliving the trauma. Your mind doesn't see it as a past thought. Your mind sees it as one that's happening right now. And so what I, what I share with people is to be able to become your own personal travel agent to begin to be aware when your mind starts to wander off means that your spirit is traveling to some destination and it's gonna pull all that energy back into your body. So ask yourself, ask your, your mind, where are you going right now? That's not where we wanna go. We wanna to go to this beautiful memory that happened to us or we wanna to go to this possibility of us having this in our life or having love in our life. And let's see how long we can stay on that vacation for five, 10, 20, 30 minutes and watch what happens to the cells of our body and to our, our whole entire being will actually change. Like watch, I can tell you right now, I want you to go to a place right now where you feel the most unconditional love. Go there in your mind right now. I did. Okay, now stay there and hold mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And just keep holding it. Mm -hmm. And then tell me what you start to feel. Oh, I just feel relaxed and um, just feel joy and happiness because Good. I mean, now keep staying there. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. Don't analyze okay. it. Just stay there and tell me what you start to feel. Well, since we were talking about traumas, then I, I started thinking about it. <laughs> so you want to trauma. So say this to your mind. Say, that's not where we're going today. That's not where we're going today. 
Go to a place of unconditional love and prosperity. Go to a place of unconditional love and prosperity. Where money comes into your life easy and you have a beautiful relationship with money. Where money comes into my life easy and I have a beautiful relationship with money. Go there now, mind. Go there now, mind. Okay. And do you see what you're starting to feel? Yeah. Joy and happiness again. <laughs> exactly. So the key element in shamanism is to stay there as long as you can so that the world on the outside of you changes to match what you're doing on the inside. You know, that's what we kind of become to be afraid. Like, how can you be happy all the time? And people are afraid of that. Like, what if you're happy all the time? Then if it's too much happiness, then you have to expect something bad happening because, oh, you know. Oh, I disagree with that. I, I'm happy all the time. I, I, I don't know what people, why would people not, why would people, if people have a belief that they're happy and something's going to come and take it away, that's because someone did take it away when they were a kid. And they have oh. to heal that wound. They have to go into that wound and realize that that was because the other person around them or whoever took it away was incapable of being happy themselves. And they have to make a decision that that's not how life is always going to be. So oh, I see. you can choose happiness. It is a choice. You can choose to be angry. You can choose to be sad. You can choose to be thrilled. You can choose to be turned on. You can choose to be sensual. You can choose to be sexual. Life is about choice. And choice is about what leads you to where you need to be. Remember, destiny is not by chance. It's by the choices that you make. You make good choices. You have a good destiny. You make choices that aren't loving and fulfilling. You don't have a good destiny. It's very simple, to be honest. Yeah. And why do you think some dreams don't come true? Because people don't really believe in the dream. They don't, they don't see their dream being real enough for them to put their soul into it. See, because sometimes they say, well, if they don't come true, maybe it's not your dream. Maybe it wasn't like mean to be for you or it wasn't your calling. It depends on um, what it is. And also there's no such thing as a calling. There is a thing called joy. So whatever brings you joy, if it's bringing you the highest level of joy, then it will come, it'll come to be if you follow your joy. But if it doesn't happen, it's not because it's not meant to happen. It just means that your joy is not 100% in it. Spirit is never doing, taking anything away from you or trying to destroy your life. God's not trying to make your life miserable. God wants you, the spirits want you, the, the nature spirits want you to be happy because when you're happy, you take care of the earth. When you're happy, you take care of each other. When you're happy, you take care of yourself. And by taking care of yourself, you take care of other people, you take care of the earth, you take care of the animals, and you live in harmony. The biggest reason why we suffer on this planet is because we, we chose to use our free will to live in disharmony. And that affected the nature kingdom, that affected the animals, and that affected everyone else. And we have to shift out of that and get back into a place of looking at how we as individuals can choose to be happy and be sustainably happy just like we always focus on sustainable uh, products and sustainable environments. Don't you think that we as human beings can generate sustainable happiness and joy? Of course we can. But the thing is, we have to be comfortable being happy even when other people don't feel comfortable being happy. The biggest key element that I see with human beings is that when they choose not to be happy is not because they can't sustain happiness, is that they feel guilty for being happy when other people are suffering. I agree. They feel guilty to actually be happy because, yeah, I love how you said it, definitely. But how do you overcome inner obstacles to find love? 
Well, I mean, first of all, there are no inner obstacles to find love. That's an illusion. The reason why you don't find love is because you don't find yourself. I mean, the key element to any loving relationship is being able to see yourself first so that you can see them. You can't see a person if you're not willing to see yourself because that means the moment you go into that relationship, you're going to be upset. You're going to get triggered. You're going to look for things that they're going to hurt. You're going to think that they can hurt you. You're not going to be vulnerable because you're afraid to get hurt. You're going to be looking over your back, wondering if they're cheating on you or doing this to you. That's because you're not secure in yourself. The moment you become secure in yourself is the moment you become aware of the other person that's out there for you, that's in sync with you, that you don't have to compromise or change yourself or be something that you're not to make them happy. You're not trying to meet their expectations. You're living truthfully and honestly and authentically. And that's what generates a happy, healthy, loving relationship is full transparency allowing your little child inside to play with their little child, uh, taking responsibility for your own triggers and making sure that you're keeping the beautiful energies of romance of, of, of that energy alive and being able to share in that space of wisdom that they are your other eyes and ears. So when they speak, you don't shut them out. You listen to what they have to say because there's value in what they're saying because you chose them. So a lot of times I see people in relationship getting mad when their other partner speaks. I'm like, then you're not ready for this person because why would you choose someone in your life if you don't want to hear what they have to say, what they think? So again, people aren't taking responsibility for their triggers. So they get hurt, get hurt, and get hurt. And then they start going into codependency. They choose relationships where they feel they have to meet the other person's expectations to be loved. And if they feel like they give everything to that person, that person's going to love them. But newsflash you don't get love by being a slave. You get love by being a radiant son of your geniusness, your creativity, your, your, your everything that you represent because there's only one of you on the planet. So if you're not shining your light and being exactly as you are, you're not only dis, dis being a disservice to yourself, you're not honoring creation and you're not honoring everyone else on the planet because I can only be me. And if I want to jump up and do a cartwheel and someone's uncomfortable with it, then be uncomfortable with it. I could care less because I choose to do a cartwheel. I'm not going to limit my life's freedom for your need to love me. And that's not going to work for me. I got to love me greater than the love that I would receive from you so that I can be truthful and authentic so I can show up for you and love you unconditionally without trying to change you to fit into my insecurities and my boxes that make me feel safe. Safety is not governed on control. Safety is governed on freedom. I just want to frame these words because I just, I don't know. You don't even know how much I love it, how you said it, because it's so true. Like some people are trying to put like set us in some boundaries and they try to set us in some rules. And then if we stay in these relationships long enough, then we become totally different version of ourselves that we don't even like ourselves. That's and right. it just like damages your personality to the point where it starts giving you out so many different sides, like your financial side starting to suffer, your health starting to suffer because you're not being yourself, you're lying to yourself. So it's just so true that you have to be authentic to yourself and to fully love somebody. I mean, to unconditionally love somebody. Absolutely. You have to, to unconditionally love someone is to still let them be free. Yeah. 
And also, where can our listeners find you, your social handles, all your information? You can check me out on YouTube called Be Your Own Damn Guru series. We got amazing videos that give you amazing tips. You can also check out the Shaman School at theshamandirect.com. You find out more about shamanism. We have a shaman library that teaches you all about shamanism, what it is and what it isn't. You can also find me on Instagram. I put a lot of posts there on Clubhouse. I speak in a lot of rooms. Also, I have a room called Spirit Hacking, where I bring in different authors, different speakers, including myself, to be constantly, you know, support the, the community from everything from neuroscience to meditation to art to music, you name it. And um, yeah, these are my social media uh, channels and ways for you to get in contact with me. If you want to set up a, a one-on-one with me, you would have to sign up on my newsletter. So that way you can, when the sessions come available, you can book it with me. And if you see me out on the street, please come up and give me a big hug and say, hi, I love you. I'm really happy to, to, to be there to look in your eyes and acknowledge your, your power. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my guest. It's a pleasure to be your guest. Thank you so much for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.